Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. All right, today's a big old Friday. We are going to be continuing on today with our NFL team refresher. We just did our first team of the season, the Broncos, getting what we think they're going to be doing this season, how they're going to be looking offensively and all that. And we predicted them to have a 10-7, 11-6 record this season. So we'll spin the wheel again, see what team we get. And kind of just break them down so we're all on the same page. We got training camp coming up. We're 48 days, 47 days, I think 48, 48 days away from the NFL season. So we'll see which team we get today and just get everybody on the same page and seeing what we're looking for going into the 2021 season. It's a new year, baby. New year, new you. Go get it done and go win the Super Bowl this season and be the Tom Brady of this season, of last season. Uh, so we got that today on the show. So let's just jump right into it with the stories of the day. And the first one, speaking of going, get that mother-loving ring. Go get that Super Bowl win this year. It is your year. It is your team's year this year. And go stunt like the Bucks just stunted last night because they just unveiled their Super Bowl ring. And holy moly are these things absolutely beautiful holy cow Woo, man these these may be one of the best super bowl rings i've ever seen folks so right on top you got 319 diamonds repli- <laughs> oh my god referencing the 30 31 to 9 Score of the Super Bowl. Bucks really just did blow them out like that, folks. 31 and 9. Dang. So 319 diamonds on top. And, you know, you obviously got the Bucks uh, flag, their logo, all that. You got two Lombardi trophies, their second one in franchise history. You got the score on the side, fantastic, Super Bowl 20, or whatever it was, I don't even know, Super Bowl 55, was that what it was? Uh, but you got that kind of on the side, the score, 31 to 9. You've got the... Uh, the name, the number of the player on the other side of the ring, and then one team, one cause. And then this is the best best part about the whole entire ring, folks. The top of the ring pops off. The top of the ring pops off. And what is inside? Oh, my goodness. You get the an aerial view of the Buck Stadium. Jeez Louise. It's it's depth too, folks. Like it does actually like it goes into the ring. It looks so gosh dang good. And then on the sides of the stadium is the score of their playoff games getting up to the Super Bowl. So now Tom Brady is going to be forever, you know, reminded that he ran the quarterback gauntlet, the GOAT quarterback gauntlet in the playoff run to get in win this Super Bowl when he's out of his prime on a new team year one folks the 31 to 23 Washington score now I'm not putting Taylor Heineke in the greatest quarterback of all time gauntlet it starts in the divisional round of the playoffs where he goes into New Orleans I really wish he had at it was um, Tom uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans unfortunately it's just Tampa Bay dash New Orleans I mean you know stunt you went on the road and won all these games folks except the home game where they were at home, you know. Uh, but 
hey, they earned that. Uh, getting to the Super Bowl in the uh, year that you are hosting it, I mean, damn, damn, damn. I mean, y'all really did put in the work to get that done, so I'll give them credit there. But um, it starts in the divisional round where he has to go into the Superdome and face Drew Brees. I mean, folks, he is. Drew Brees is one of the top five greatest of all time. He is in that greatest of all time argument. And Tom Brady, older than Drew Brees, on a new team. Drew Brees has spent his entire career with the Saints. Yes, you know, Drew Brees was a little banged up this season, but we've been reading that so was Tom Brady, and he got the win. So what are we supposed to say? Well, oh, well, uh, Drew Brees, he was injured, so, you know, this win doesn't really matter. Well, so was Tom Brady, and he was on a new team year one. I'm, I think we can give Tom Brady the credit for that. So it's they've got the 30-20 to 20 New Orleans score right there, checking off Drew Brees as he heads on to the Green Bay Packers and once again goes on the road, goes into Aaron Rodgers' home stadium, first time in their conference, first time on a new team, and Tom Brady goes and takes the NFC Championship by defeating Aaron Rodgers 31-26 to in his home stadium while throwing three interceptions and stunting on Aaron Rodgers. And then we've got the new age go in the Super Bowl of... Patrick Mahomes, and he goes and absolutely blows him out to secure his seventh Super Bowl win, 31-9, absolute blowout. And then on the uh, on the top of the ring that pops off, they've got uh, these words here. February 7th, 2021, NFL history was made when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers historic became, oh, well, I guess we shouldn't read that word. We got to skip over that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers became the first team to win the Super Bowl at home in Raymond James Stadium. And then big histor- big letters historic right in the middle. So, I mean, man, oh, man, this is the ring to have, folks. If you could get one Super Bowl ring, I think it's this one. The fact that the top pops off, man, oh, man, you were like, damn, that ring is gleaming. That ring is shining. That ring is stunting. And then you you pop the top off. Be like, oh yeah, I can also pop the top off. Drop the top off the ring. The ring is is like a Lambo, folks. You drop the top off the ring. I'm going ringless topless, folks. Can you imagine wearing a ring and then say I'm gonna have the ring topless today? Damn, damn, truly stunned. So Tom Brady, man, in the Bucks. Truly, absolutely amazing rings. Um, big celebration last night. There was Gronk there. Tom Brady was wearing. I don't. I don't know if Tom Brady was wearing all of his rings. Rob Gronkowski brought in some extra, you know, New England Patriots rings and was gleaming. He had two chains on gleaming. Um, so it was just a huge celebration for the Bucks. And uh, you gotta you gotta absolutely love what they did last season. Uh, fantastic. Great rings. Tom Brady leading the team like he always does. And he truly cemented himself as the greatest quarterback of all time last season as he ran the quarterback gauntlet, folks. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Patty Mahomes. I mean, that's three gosh dang great quarterbacks to face to go to a Super Bowl, to win a Super Bowl. Jeez, jeez. Give him credit. Give him credit. And now let's look at it, what the ring is looking like on a hand. And man, oh man, that is a beefy ring. Once again, that top of 319 diamonds, folks. Woof. What are the diamonds? Um, 
300 round diamonds. That's all they say. Uh, but, man, oh, man, that is gleaming. That's a gleaming ring, and that's beefy as heck. I mean, you can't even wear this ring next to other rings because it's so beefy. It'd be knocking and kind of grinding on the other rings, rubbing up against the other inferior rings. So, you really gotta, you really gotta make space. You, you This ring takes up literally three fingers, folks. You can't put it on the finger to the left. You can't put it on the finger to the right because, once, we, once again, it's just gonna be bumping and, you know, scratching the other inferior rings that you're wearing so man oh man that top man I, oh i i need i need a pop the top ring folks that's that's what i need it comes completely off it's not like it's on a hinge where you open it up you can literally pop the top off baby um top of the muffin to you, you pop the top off all right so that was absolutely fantastic and then Tom Brady, obviously doing his Tom Brady thing as he's, uh, you know, accepting his ring and making a little bit of a speech there. Um, so we can uh, read uh, this article. I think this talks about it. Here we go. Quick article. The Bucks were underdogs going against a Chiefs team that made them look like they didn't belong on the same field early on the first matchup in Week 12. But the Bucks slowly fought back on that November afternoon to make it a game, which gave them confidence going into the Super Bowl matchup. But before Bucks linebacker Devin White spoke to the team before the biggest game of their lives, Tom Brady pulled them aside and asked him to give him the floor when he was done. Brady hadn't spoke to the team before a game like this all season. He played it perfectly. The guys were ready to run through a brick wall, and everybody was focused and ready to dominate after that. So while I may get some guff for putting Tom Brady as my atop, my uh, atop my top 100 player list for the 2021 season, there are some things that you don't get to see on tape that are a little harder to quantify. So once again, Tom Brady just getting this team ready, getting this team right before the biggest game of their entire careers. Everybody on this Bucks team last season, they didn't know what a Super Bowl was. They didn't know how to play in the Super Bowl. They didn't know, you know, everyone says, hey, you know, the Super Bowl, yes, it's still kind of, uh, you know, a regular game, but it's not a regular game when you're in that atmosphere and when you're actually on the field you really have to kind of you know take it and kind of just try to process everything because it's so much bigger everybody knows there's millions on top of millions on top of millions of people watching this game so you can't really treat it like another game. And that's what Tom Brady did before this Super Bowl, getting everybody right to go. This is what a true leader does, folks, getting his team ready to march into battle to win a the biggest game of the entire season, folks, and going to win the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady, man, absolutely a legend, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it, and the leadership part of it is what truly cements Tom Brady. Yes, he's great. Yes, he's got the yards. Yes, he has the stats. Yes, he has the wins. Yes, he has the touchdowns. Yes, he has the accolades. Yes, he has the Super Bowl wins, the Super Bowl appearances. But he also has that great leadership, folks. You do not go to 10 Super Bowls while not being a great leader. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. That's the biggest knock that we have on Aaron Rodgers. We don't feel like he's that good of a leader than Tom, than Tom Brady is. And one's been to 10 Super Bowls and one's been to one. That is a huge difference, folks. Getting Yes, everything's not going to go your way, but you have to 
to put on that brave face. You are at the helm of this team. You are the mouthpiece. You are the face. You are the guy that needs to go get it done. You are the guy that needs to stay cool, calm, collected through everything. If there's a negative press on your team, the coach, a player, whatever it is, you are the man to put that all in the back of your mind and go out there with a big smile on your face, a brave face on, and go and lead these men to victory. And that's what Tom Brady does consistently out here. So you give him absolutely a ton of credit for that. A truly a great ring deserved for one of the greatest of all time. And this may be the greatest ring of all time for the greatest quarterback of all time. And for that, we absolutely love it. So the ring, man. Man, oh, man. I don't know how I have to get one of these, but um, I got to do something to get one of these rings, folks. So please subscribe to the Patreon, $5 a month, patreon.com slash takes by fans so we can get enough money to maybe buy one of these. I don't even know who's going to be selling these, but uh, if we raise enough money, maybe we can bribe one of the Buccaneers players to give us this ring. So subscribe to the Patreon. Every $5 donation counts, folks. Alrighty, let's move off of that. Man, oh man, that ring is gleaming, folks. Truly, if you have not seen that ring, I encourage you to Google it right now. Drop everything you are doing. If you're not watching it, if you're not watching the show live, if you're just listening to it, look at this mother-loving ring, folks. Man, oh man, popping the top off. I've never seen innovation like that in a ring, and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, folks. Alrighty, let's move on to this big old breaking news, probably the news of the day today. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas expected to miss the start of the season after undergoing ankle surgery. Really, truly unfortunate. This is not what you want to do for the Saints team as they are losing their franchise quarterback for the last 15 plus years in Drew Brees. Moving on to, you know, some... I don't want to say unproven talent because Jameis Winston was proven in this league throwing 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Um, And then we've got Taysom Hill, who, once again, a little unproven because he's never played a full season. So losing an A1 Tier 1 wide receiver in Michael Thomas is not how you kind of get young, new, inexperienced quarterbacks up to speed, up to par on what Drew Brees has been doing the last 15 years, folks. So this is truly going to hinder this Saints team 100%. And they also don't have... um Emmanuel Sanders he was there last season fantastic but now he's gone as well so when we're looking at this uh Saints depth chart it's really not the greatest we got Traquan Smith who's a solid but he's not a number one receiver out here he had 448 yards last season four touchdowns once again just solid for a number two number three he was like the number three when they had Emmanuel Sanders uh then we got Deontay Harris what is he looking like 5'6", the man is 5'6". That tells you everything you need to know. He's not a number one receiver. Michael Thomas, I want to say he's like 6'3", 6'4". What do we got? 6'3". So um, you're missing height there. Traquan Smith is 6'2", so that's definitely going to help him out with the with the size. But their number two <laughs> their number two wide receiver now is Deontay Harris at 5'6", folks. We know speed. And even Tyreek Hill is like 5'8", 5'10". And he's still getting it done. 5'6", is not going to get it done. The man had 100 yards last season. We got Marquez Ga- Callaway. What did he do last season? 213 yards. He's 6'2", so hopefully he gets bumped up the roster a little bit. But overall, their wide receiver core for a Jameis Winston or a Taysom Hill-led quarterback 
is not going to truly get it done. So this Saints team could be real big in trouble here as the season uh, begins here. So let's go into this article and see how much time this man is actually going to be missing. And uh, we'll, we'll have to keep this in mind whenever we get to the Saints and kind of, you know, refresh their season. It, it could be a bumpy road for the Saints coming out of the gate. So let's see what we get here in this article. The new era of the New Orleans Saints hits a massive speed bump as we race toward the 2021 season. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported Friday that star receiver Michael Thomas is expected to miss the start of the season after undergoing surgery to repair the ligaments in his ankle in June, per source informed of the situation. So he didn't just have the surgery today. This took place in June. He's just not going to be fully recovered at the start of training camp. So not great there. Let's see if we can see how many games he's going to miss. Rappaport added that he roughly that roughly four month recovery timetable. Four months? Oh my god! Four month recovery timetable could keep Thomas on the sideline weeks into the season. The Saints bye comes in week six after games versus Green Bay, Carolina, New England, the Giants, and Washington. Wow, that's a tough schedule to open up the gate. So we're talking four months, folks. Four months. So let's just say this happened in early June, the surgery. Let's take it from uh, uh, June 10th, right? Kind of a decently in the middle. June 10th. June 10th to July 10th, that's one month. July 10th to August 10th is two months. August 10th to September 10th is three months. And September 10th to October 10th is four months. So we're looking at October 10th. Let's bring up the Saints schedule here. See how many games he's going to be missing by October 10th. Alrighty. We got week, week one. Is this, uh, oh, that's preseason. Okay, here we go. Week one, September 12th. Week uh, with the Packers. Week two, September 19th against the Panthers. Week three, September 26th against the Patriots. Week four, October 3rd against the Giants. And then, and then October 10th against Washington. So we're kind of looking at a week five. Definitely probably takes that by because it is week six, and then week seven is October 25th. So really kind of looking like it's going to be that week seven game. Probably could maybe come back week t uh, week five, October 10th against Washington, but why not just take that extra week uh, with that bye and get right for Seattle. So it's truly looking like he's going to be missing the first five games of the season, and they've got some tough opponents here. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers, Carolina could be solid. Patriots, you never know with Billy B. And then the Giants, we have them being absolutely great, and Washington's going to have a real great defense, truly hurting that lackluster quarterback and receiver uh, just kind of repertoire that the Saints aren't going to be having by, you know, week probably five. So this is 
potentially looking like they're going to get like a one and five, two and four start, two and three start out of the gate, folks. Truly not going to be great for this team. So not how you truly want to kick off the new era in New Orleans with either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. And now this could potentially affect the starting quarterback because we know Taysom Hill is a good pass catching quarterback where Jameis Winston doesn't have any experience with that. We know Taysom Hill plays the tight end position and maybe lines up in the slot sometimes and needs the gadget player. So maybe they just go with Jameis Winston just because they need another body at wide receiver. So that could definitely hurt Taysom Hill a little bit. I don't think that's going to be, you know, the end-all, be-all decision. Oh, well, we don't have Michael Thomas, so we got to go with Jameis Winston as the quarterback, so we have Taysom Hill as a wide receiver option. But I definitely think it could just be a little thought in the back of Sean Payton's mind. Why are we going to waste this man as at the quarterback when we already have another quarterback and we need a really skilled pass catcher to kind of hold us over till we get Michael Thomas back? We hope that isn't the case because we truly think Taysom Hill deserves the the whole true opportunity, a true 50-50 quarterback battle going into training camp and how well he played um, last season at quarterback when Drew Brees went down. And every time he's been able to kind of step into that starting quarterback role, we truly think he's earned a full training camp to truly deliver the goods and show the team what he can actually do for an extended period of time being a passing quarterback in this league. So we hope this uh, Michael Thomas being out for about six weeks, first six games of the season, first five games of the season, returning after the bye. We truly hope that doesn't hurt Taysom Hill's ability to try to be the starting quarterback here. I think that would be a little lame. I think the man's earned it. He's always been a quarterback. The Saints just used the man as a gadget because you have Drew Brees, and this man has got some solid speed on him and some solid catching ability. But, uh, you know, that's your position, quarterback. You know, you want to play that position. You signed up to play that position. He did his dues. He paid his dues. Now give him the opportunity to go out and win the starting job. So they're going to be uh, definitely missing Michael Thomas, but we also know that there are a, co uh, a whole lot of solid free agents still available. So let's take a look at these kind of wide receiver free agents just to see which one could fill the hole the best that the Saints are going to be missing with a 6-3, a tall, great 50-50 ball, one-on-one -on -one matchup, go up and get the ball, pass catcher, that is Michael Thomas. I mean, let's bring up the yards. I mean, this is what they're going to be missing this season, folks, for the first five games. Here we go. His career stats last season. What did he do? Only 438 yards because he only played five games. Once again, that's where the injury comes in. But, I mean, his max, 2019, the man caught 1,700 yards. 1,700 yards. He led the league in receiving yards, folks. At 80% catch percentage. Folks, y'all know we love looking at that catch percentage. We like to see kind of 72 to 75. That's what we kind of call is kind of very, very good. And this man's at 80, 80. 80, 80, 80. It's fantastic, folks. And then in 2018, he had 1,400 yards with 85 catch percentage. Folks, 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 give this man his credit. Give this man his due. So this is going to be a huge, huge wide receiver to try to replace. And really, there's no, there's not going to be any free agents that come out and give you 1,700 yards in 80% catch percentage. That's not going to happen. I, I would kind of bet the show on that, that that's not going to happen. But let's see what is potential the closest that we could see maybe um, covering up the hole, the missing piece a little bit um, for those first five games. 
So here we go. What do we got wide receiver wise in the free agent market? We got Kenny Stills. Now he's not six three. I don't believe. Let's see. Let's get his stats up. He's definitely a nice speedster. Definitely a good solid speed to have on your team. He's only six one, and he's never caught for a thousand yards, and he never caught for eighty percent catch percentage. So once again, you're not going to get that level of production, but he's still a viable option to to hold you over then we get golden tate and this could be definitely solid right there that's good i think golden tate's like six two uh let's get his official stats up i want to say he's got a thousand yard receiving season see what we get with golden oh golden tate's only five ten interesting he's got multiple thousand yard receiving seasons fantastic never an 80 percent catch percentage season though unfortunate his highest is 76 percent um and that was in 2017 but he could be that thousand yard wide receiver that you kind of need to make up for so golden tate's a des uh, solid option out there but once again you are sacrificing height a little bit they, like we said the saints do have Traquan Smith, who is 6'2", who can maybe smooth over the height option a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, you probably do want another tall 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", option out there. Uh, just once again, making it a little easy for these wide receivers. All right, Larry Fitzgerald, I don't think that's the route to go. Um, you're really trying to look for a, a Tier 1 wide receiver in this league. And unfortunately, I can't call Larry Fitzgerald a Tier 1 wide receiver anymore. It's just he's a little too old. He's not going up and getting the balls. He's still decently fast, but, you know, he is kind of going to be a, a solid Tier 3 on any team that he goes to. And that's not what the, really the Saints are going to be looking for. A Tier 1, definitely a solid Tier 2 wide receiver. And that's Golden Tate and Kenny Stills. I can't give that to Larry Fitzgerald. So I uh, can't see Larry Fitzgerald going there. I think that's the kind of wrong move. Um, Alshon Jeffrey. All righty. Alshon Jeffrey. I, I'm, I'm almost certain. I'm very certain that this man is like 6'2". Uh, so let's uh, double check that and see what his stats like. I think he's had a couple of thousand yard receiving season as well, which could definitely help the Saints out. Alshon Jeffrey, 6'3", even better. Now, that's what we're talking about, trading 6'3 for 6'3. Fantastic. Multiple 1,000-yard receiving seasons, but they all came early in his career. His first three seasons, he's had 2,000-plus-yard receiving seasons at 1,400 and 1,100. For the last one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, it's all kind of 800-ish, which is still solid. And once again, that's kind of you know what you're looking for to kind of accomplish, get as close to that 1,000-yard mark, mark as you can. And of 80 yard catch percentage season no he's very very low folks his career catch percentage is 57 percent 57 percent career that's real real low michael thomas is 77 percent for his entire career kenny stills what have you got there 59 once again very low and golden tate is at 66 that's decent for your career so you know, alshon jeffrey it's gonna be tough yes he's got the height but that's really it that's really it all right, what else do we get? Any other free agents that are potential solutions for this Saints team? We got Josh Gordon now. Ooh, that's definitely interesting there. You get speed on top of speed, and we love Josh Gordon, folks. He is kind of, you know, one of the most unfortunate circumstances at a wide wide receiver in literally league history, I would say, just because of the weed. That's truly unfortunate. But we talk about this man the entire, like all the time. 2013, he put up 1,600 yards, folks, at 6'3". That's Michael Thomas, folks. 6'3", his best receiving season was 1,700 yards. So if Josh Gordon 
you know, he's never been able to prove that he can return to his prime because he's never been able to stay um, a full season without getting suspended for weed or anything like that or just not getting that opportunity. This man is, could be Michael Thomas. This man could have been better than Michael Thomas in his career if he just didn't get caught with all that weed, unfortunate. So this is it, folks. If the Saints do want to kind of take a home run swing, it's got to be Josh Gordon. This man gets it done 1,600 yards. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, folks. That's amazing. Fantastic. He's 6'3. Fantastic. The height's there. The speed is definitely there. Um, the catch percentage is not there. Very, very low. But once again, it's like he's never been able to kind of, you know, sustain and be on the field consistently for multiple times on the same team for multiple games, for multiple weeks, for multiple practices, for multiple quarterbacks. So we can't expect the catch percentage to be a little low, but we get him in here at the start of trading camp, get him up to speed, and he could be solid, a solid production for the first five weeks, no doubt. So I would probably say Josh Gordon could definitely be the best fit here for this Saints team now that they've lost their A1 Tier 1 wide receiver. Other options are D.D. Westbrook, Seth Roberts, uh, Marquise Lee, and Tavon Austin, Des Bryant. But Des Bryant didn't work last year with the uh, with the Ravens, so I don't know if we give him another chance. Um, real just interesting that this man didn't really get it done on that Ravens team when he was kind of the, the number one receiver on that team just because everybody else was super short and they were only fast. That was their only good attribute on those wide receivers. So I don't know if we can truly give Des Bryant another true shot out there, especially for the Saints team that needs somebody that, that can definitely give us production somewhere so I would go and get Josh Gordon I think that's the best fit folks give this man another chance I believe he's already reinstated he's good to go um, and he's just waiting to get signed somewhere and if that's the case go out and get that man he is the best solution for losing Michael Thomas to come in and fill in for him for just a couple of games so we're going to kind of say that Josh Gordon is the best fit there, folks. After all the wide receivers that we just looked at, I'm giving it to Josh Gordon. The closest thing to Michael Thomas. Over Kenny Stills, over Alshon Jeffrey, and over Golden Tate. Get Josh Gordon. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Man, oh man, we just bought into the Cowboys a little bit more the other day, two days ago, yesterday on the show, when uh, they had their kind of press conference and everybody was being real humble. Jerry Jones was being real humble. We loved that. Dak Prescott was looking ready to go, and we heard some encouraging things from Ezekiel Elliott, and then we get kind of our first look at Dak Prescott yesterday, and holy moly, folks, this is absolutely fantastic. This man is passing a ball right here. It's... um. Full defense, um, once again, no, no full pads, but still, he's throwing against the defense, and this man just absolutely puts the ball right on the money. I'm going to call this one maybe 25 yards, 25 yards, real solid, but it's absolutely magnificently thrown, folks. I mean, this is what we're talking about, absolute precision, absolute great accuracy, and that's what we know when we talk about Dak Prescott. His stats are absolutely impressive, and now it's not looking like he's missing a beat coming off that ankle injury and getting reacclimated back to just football speed and throwing ability and you know he's also running out of the pocket here he just kind of you know takes a couple of steps to the left on the run and he delivers an absolutely beautiful ball so we bought the Cowboys team um 
a lot actually the last time we talked about them and this is just kind of encouraging on our decision and keeping this Cowboys team kind of high big fresh in our mind and we're absolutely all about it so Dak's looking fantastic folks and that's why we didn't include him on our narrative we knew this is what we were going to get we were never worried about that and this just goes to back it up and uh, kind of vindicates us a little bit that we're truly not going to be you know uh, concerned about Dak Prescott coming off that injury when we're watching hard knocks and just watching this Cowboys team in training camp we've got other pressing concerns other pressing matters to kind of worry about Dak Prescott is looking absolutely perfect out there you love to see it but we also got to hear from Ezekiel Elliott again so once again we can start buying this Cowboys team again we're loving everything that we're seeing and loving everything that we're hearing the only kind of you know you know like we said the question marks that we have to look for that uh that we will get in training camp uh to truly buy 100 I'm, I'm kind of buying I'm kind of getting about 80 85 percent truly bought into this Cowboys team um but if I want to get to that 100 percent we've got to see more from Mike McCarthy and got to see more from Dan Quinn first but everything that we've been hearing from Zeke that's one of our narratives can Zeke return to his prime form we're loving everything we're hearing so we get this yesterday from Ezekiel Elliott Ezekiel Elliott thanks his trainer for helping him become quote quicker fantastic um during the offseason saying quote he definitely got me right I thank him a lot for working with me and just making it fun and making me a better player. So Ezekiel Elliott spending this offseason in the lab, absolutely love that. Getting better training. Y'all know we love to see those training videos and seeing you get better, seeing you work. And that's what Ezekiel Elliott's been doing. So let's quickly run into this article and just get the full quote here from Ezekiel Elliott to see if we can buy a little bit more. Because I, uh, like I said, going into today, we're about at 80% truly bought in. Seeing Dak Prescott, I'm about 82%. And now let's see how much Ezekiel Elliott buys us back into this Cowboys team. Are we going past 85%? Let's see. Here we go. Ezekiel Elliott is not planning on a repeat of the 2020 season. Yes, truly. Do get that. Throw that season out. We give everybody one bad season. That was Zeke's bad season. Let's see if he can kind of, you know, once again, establish himself as top five running backs in this league because I'm not even putting them top five, folks. I'm not even going to put them top five. So until we see what he does this year. All right, so here we go. The running back spent much of his offseason focusing on getting in excellent shape, and his progress was captured by a photo of his recent physique that has gone that has since gone viral. While he appreciates the comments regarding his new form, he said Thursday his work was intended to do precisely one thing, be a better player than he was in 2020. He was absolutely trash in 2020, folks. Quote, I think I'm quicker. I think my I think my trainer Joshua Hicks he definitely got me right this offseason and I thank him a lot just for working with me and just making it fun and making me a better player. A key focus of Elliott's offseason work involved improving his ball security. Amid a difficult season for Dallas, Elliott matched an undesirable career high with six fumbles in 2020. Elliott said Thursday his goal was to make sure he hangs on to the football because when he loses possession, he's not simply dropping the Duke, he's, dis- he's disappointing the supporters of America's team. Quote, number one, just fumbling the ball. I've never been a fumbler. When you carry the ball, you kind of carrying the whole hope of the team, the whole organization, the whole fan base, and coughing it up and giving it to uh, giving it to the other team. You're letting everyone down. So I think that's the number one thing. That's my focus this year is protecting the ball. So love loving what we're hearing. Obviously, it's nothing big. It's not you know big old quotes, holy quotes out there. But you know his mind is right. He knows he needs to be better. Better. He went and worked out this offseason protecting the ball 
protecting the ball, getting into better shape, and now we can buy this Cowboys team even more. Let's bump it up to 84%. We'll 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 save the 85% benchmark uh, till we truly kind of see hard knocks and what truly going on behind the scenes here at training camp. Because like we said, the biggest question marks that we have are Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. They don't really have any great pieces defensively, so it's going to be up to Dan Quinn to coach the heck out of these players and coach them above what they can actually do. And then Mike McCarthy getting the offense right, making the right decisions, lackluster career in Green Bay with a great Aaron Rodgers and uh, lackluster last year when Dak went down. So uh, big question marks there. We've got no problems with the offense. So the offensive pieces are a one tier one best best roster in the league potentially offensively. Alrighty, so the Cowboys are looking good, and maybe we can start buying the Steelers team a little bit more. We get to hear from Big Ben and everything that, uh, all the kind of uh, hints here, all the kind of quick clickbait quotes in the headline are kind of pointing to maybe we can truly buy the Steelers team 100%. Let's see. So Big Ben Roethlisberger ready to tackle the new offense, says his arm feels, quote, fresher this year, and, quote, new isn't always bad, it's just new. So new offense uh, coordinator coming in. They are all on the same page. Uh, I believe it's Matt Canada. Was that the name? Um, and, um, you know, they all are on the same page that they need to get the running game going after last year's a little debacle with James Can- uh, James Conner not truly living up to that A1 tier one ho- workhorse running back in that role. Um, and really depending on Big Ben just to keep throwing the ball the entire year. They know the offense needs a little bit of an adjustment. We've heard all that. That's why we buy into the Steelers a lot this year and let's see what Big Ben is saying out here and seeing how fresh he is that's what we love to see that's what we need to hear that's what we need to see from Big Ben being fresh the arm is going to be good all season holds up all season so let's see what he says here Last offseason, Ben Roethlisberger was rehabbing from elbow surgery on his throwing arm. As such, he was tossing the pigskin a lot to help rebuild the strength. This year, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback is back to a normal routine, giving his arm more rest. As the Steelers opened training camp, Big Ben said his arm felt, quote, fresher than in 2020, quote, at this time last year, I had thrown thousands of football trying to be ready for the season. Thursday was the first day I threw a ball since minicamp. Other than throwing to my son in the backyard, it feels like it feels like more normal of an offseason. I just think that physically I feel better in terms of my arm. So that is great. That's why it's kind of arm declined a little bit on the accuracy and just kind of, you know, the turnover ability. We saw the uh, turnovers start to rise a little bit. The yards were still there, but they were, you know, attributed to a little bit of dink and dunk. And once again, the completion percentage went down. So we saw the completion percentage go down and the turnovers go up the kind of back half of the season, which, you know, indicates to us that Big Ben's arm was declining a little bit. So now, you know, his arm is fresh coming in. He was throwing thousands of balls last year because he was recovering from that elbow surgery. So now he's got, you know, it's like a pitch count in baseball. You know, keeping the pitchers fresh, you know, having them kind of be the closer, only, you know, pitching a couple of innings, and then you go to your bullpen and pull them out, and you go to the closer, saving them. You know, it's 180-plus game season in baseball, so you got to keep those pitchers fresh as you progress throughout the season. Same thing with, you know, an aging quarterback. Got to keep that arm fresh, and the more reps you have, you know, in training camp that, you know, don't really mean anything. They mean something. Obviously, you have to still get in the same kind of rhythm and, you know, timing 
playing with your receivers, but overall, you know, you're 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 not in actual game setting. So you know, the the more that you can save your arm, the more that you can save those reps for apps apps or actual game scenarios obviously the better and that's what big ben has been doing this season so that's always great to hear all right let's uh, keep going here we get one more quote but uh, let's lead up to the quote here with that fresh arm in a new offense under offensive coordinator Matt Canada, the Steelers hope Roethlisberger returns to his Pro Bowl ways the I mean folks is that not what we had in our um our uh, our narratives to watch for is Big Ben looking like prime Big Ben. And they just said here, can Big Ben return to his Pro Bowl ways? That's exactly what we're looking for in training camp. And so far, it could potentially look like he is getting back to that prime shape. So that's fantastic. The quarterback admitted that learning the new offense offers a challenge this offseason, but more mental than physical. He noted that he was looking at his wristband quite a bit on the first day of camp. Roethlisberger said he has help at home learning an offense that is, quote, a high percentage of new. Ooh, I kind of actually like that. Um, You know, learning a new offense, but it's Big Ben. He can get it. He can get the hang of it. They've got great wide receivers. Matt Canada, you've got a great running back there. So hopefully Matt Canada can just truly make this offense work to Big Ben's strength, to the running back strength, and now we've got an entirely new offense that is, you know, firing on all cylinders. I mean, this Steelers team, I know we just said the Cowboys team is probably up there at greatest, just kind of overall offensive rosters in terms of talent and weapons. The Steelers could definitely be right up there, folks. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, Chase Claypool. Um, Who's their tight end? Is it still Eric Ebron? Let me get a quick look at this. And don't even get us started on Najee Harris, folks. Y'all already know that we're absolutely in love with that man. But um, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, even Ray Ray, Ray McLeod. And then they still got Eric Ebron in um, at the tight end position. Was Eric Ebron in tight end university, folks? Let's quickly take a look. You always get bonus points if you were at tight end university let's see who we got here eric ebron bingo bango yes sir so fantastic we can buy the steelers team even more now since their tight end went to tight end university and eric ebron so they've got weapons on weapons on weapons it's just that offensive line kind of you know franken offensive line put together stuck together four new offensive linemen that's going to be a huge thing to watch for and that is one of our narratives uh going into training camp Back to the article. Here we go. Roethlisberger said he has help at home learning an offense that is, quote, a high percentage of new, quote, my daughter makes flashcards for me, and there have been some quizzes at home. It has become as much of a mental offseason as physical in terms of learning new things. It's a little tougher, but I'm going into it full speed ahead and trying to be the best that I can be. So that's, I mean, we're loving everything we're hearing. The offense is new. The offense is fresh. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada spicing this up a little bit. You cannot be complacent in this league. You always need to be moving ahead, getting better, um, getting better and kind of just adapting to how the league is played, to how the defense is playing you, to what schemes and fits work offensively in this league. That's, you know, a thing to look for when we're talking about this Bucks team. Hey, yes, you just won the Super Bowl. Yes, you're returning everybody, but you got to switch it up some way because you, we just had an entire offseason of how to stop you. We looked at your strengths. What is Tom Brady doing? What are the wide receivers doing? How are they winning at the line of scrimmage? How are they moving the ball offensively? How are they stopping the ball 
defensively, what is their base coverages, what what do they like to run, how do they come off the blitz, and we had an entire offseason to prepare for that and to single-handedly beat y'all, the Bucks, because you are the team to beat, you are the Super Bowl winners. We immediately are looking at you first because you are the 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 big mamu on campus, folks, the big egg, you're the, you're the big egg on campus. So we got to go and scramble you real quick to kind of put you in your place to be like, hey, this is a new year, baby. New year, new us, new team. We're ready. We're, we want to have a home Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl is in Los Angeles this year. So the Rams are like, hey, we want that home bowl, baby. The Raider, uh, the Chargers are like, hey, we want that home bowl, baby. So y'all, y'all may be the first, but we're going to be the next. So love that the Steelers team is spicing up this offense. Last year with Big Ben, with Big Ben we believe, and he's going all out to learn the offense, and we absolutely are loving to hear it. So can definitely buy this Steelers team a little bit more. And now Big Ben's looking fresh. Maybe we can start wiping away this Big Ben is not going to be fresh this year narrative, folks. Um, obviously, it's going to be playing out the entire year, so I don't think we can truly sweep it under the rug. And it's definitely going to be you know brought up. But uh, so far, real early, I don't think we have really anything to worry about, maybe the first eight weeks. So when we talk about the Steelers in our refresh and we look at their schedule, we can start giving them some quality wins in the first couple of games. And maybe wait until maybe, even to like the, like the last five games where we may have to kind of uh, put the stipulation that Big Ben's arm may not be up to par 100% in those games, which could determine whether we give them a win or a loss for those last couple of games. But uh, we're loving that Big Ben's looking fresh and new, folks. Alrighty, here we go. Let's keep talking. Um, we know that some training camps are starting to open now and we know the bulk is coming next week. But uh, Giants running back Saquon Barkley... Tight end Kyle Rudolph and Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore and Jared Stidham are among the players who will open training camp on the active but physically unable to perform list. Um, and they can be activated at any time. So once again, we've been tracking Saquon Barkley very heavy. And, you know, he's not going to be ready day one for training camp. Uh, they can activate him at any time, but he's not going to be ready at the start. So that's a little unfortunate for Saquon Barkley. And once again, a little kind of nervousness that maybe Saquon Barkley's rehab process isn't going as good as maybe we're led to believe. Like we said, he's keeping his mouth real tight. We absolutely do not love that. And we're not getting any information on a timetable so he's not going to be ready come day one he's going to be on the PUP physically unable to perform list also Stefan Gilmore and that's interesting because we've been talking about him this offseason as well he's in a contract year he's not really he's hasn't talked about holding out he said he wants to get a deal done but he's always going to show up and he's may just kind of take a little bit extra time to rehab because he is going to into a contract year and doesn't want to kind of you know get injured while he doesn't have a deal done so you know we expect Stefan Gilmore to be at training camp but he's not going to be actively participating being on the physically unable to perform list so expect Stefan Gilmore to miss the first couple of weeks of training camp getting right getting 100% healthy as he heads into a contract year but Saquon Barkley this is still a real concerning sign and why we can't truly buy into this Giants team 100% yet and why we actually just yesterday on the show said that the Cowboys kind of leapfrogged in our mind um, atop of the NFC East above the Giants because really this glaring Saquon Barkley issue so we hope he's back in time but uh, he's not going to be ready to go day one in training camp so keep that in mind 
All right, and he, let's talk about this. Now, the Packers. Now, this is a real interesting thing here. We'll see. Um, maybe we can buy Matt LaFleur a little bit as kind of a real smart head coach out here because the Packers are bringing in Tommy Stevens for a workout Monday as a tight end, per sources. Stevens, a former college quarterback, is one of the several upcoming Green Bay workouts, including defensive back Rashad Robinson and nose tackle Sterling Johnson. But, you know, the Saints with Taysom Hill, hey, we've got this, you know, quarterback. Taysom Hill was a quarterback, and we can turn him into a tight end for gadget plays. The Packers could be doing the same thing. Tommy Stevens, a former quarterback, going at a tight end. Now, unfortunately, Tommy Stevens was not invited to tight end University, how truly unfortunate, so we can't buy him 100% here, but let's see what Tommy Stevens is all about here. Obviously, he wasn't a good quarterback because we've never heard of this man before, uh, but let's see what this man was looking like at the quarterback position. Tommy Stevens, um, last year in Carolina, he threw, uh, he didn't, he rushed, <laughs> so he didn't even get a start at quarterback. He was just rushing right out of the gate. Interesting. So, already kind of a little bit of a gadget player. He had four rushes for 24 yards. Not bad. Picked up two first downs. Hey, that's pretty gosh dang good. Um, so, not bad overall. Uh, what did he do in college? Was he a great thrower of the football? Probably not since, like we said, we've never heard of this man. But uh, he was at Penn State behind, who was Penn State's quarterback? Um, Trace McSorley, I believe, from 2015 to 2018. And then he went to Missouri State to try to get the starting job. And once again, he never really even did that either. Um, 2019 at Mississippi State, basically his only season of playing decent. He played nine games, but uh, 1,100 yards, 60% completion percentage. 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. So he was never even the starter, never the main man. Let's see if we can quickly, I want to see if we can quickly bring up these four plays in Carolina out of this, um, honestly. Uh, probably not going to be able to get this, but let's see. Let's go uh, YouTube it real quick. Tom, Tommy Stevens. Here we go. Tommy Stevens, first career, first career start at quarterback. Seems like, and like we said, folks, we just said that he could be a Taysom Hill. And this man, uh, let's give credit to him. Sincerely yours, CG on YouTube. This is the title of the video. Tommy Stevens' first NFL career start as a quarterback. Seems we now have our Taysom Hill 2.0. Real interesting. So this man, Matt LaFleur, maybe he's not the big old villain that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is making him out to be. We always give kind of, you know, um... The Packers head coach, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. So let's watch this man play. Let's watch Tommy Stevens play. And uh, let's see this man kind of emerge as a quarterback, uh, emerge as a tight end. We love to see that. And, you know, if he can go from quarterback to tight end and Tebow can't, that just kind of, you know, fuels us even more. We would love that. So we would love nothing more to kind of show that Tim Tebow is just absolute garbage. Um, so maybe Tom, Tommy Stevens can uh, prove that. Uh, let's go back quickly because we do have to look at his stats of his size. We love to see tight ends be big. And oh, 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 love it. 6'5", folks. That's all. Oh, man, we love it. We want to really see you 6'4 in the tight end. Loving 6'6". Six, six. Darren Waller, 6'6". Six, six. Absolutely love that. Kyle Pitts, 6'6". Six, six. Love that. Tommy Steven, 6'5". Gotta love that. Tim Tebow, little shorty. Little 6'2 out there. Don't love that. So Tommy Stevens, he's got all the makings. Now let's watch this man play. A minute 33 out here. This is week 16. This is the, or the, week, um, the last game of the season, folks. 
Panthers at 5-10, and ten, and Tommy Steven gets in in the fourth quarter. So let's see what this man can do. Here we go. He's lining up at quarterback. He's going to go right. We, we saw no passing stats, so these must all be rushes right here. Here we go. Read option. He keeps it, goes up the middle, and goes for about six yards. Real clean right there. There was no great blocking up front, but, you know, he rushed the ball right up the middle. And he, like we said, 6'5", a nice beefy. Let's get a Taysom Hill up because I believe Taysom Hill is like 6'4". Um, I want to see what his, uh, what his weight is. And we'll also look up um, Tommy Stevens' weight in a second. All right, here we go. Taysom Hill. Wow, Taysom Hill's only 6'2"? Oh, my God. 6'2", 221. So, Tommy Stevens, baby. 6'5", 235. Oh, I'm loving it. Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing, folks. Come on, come on, come on. Here we go. Let's uh, go back to this play. Tommy Stevens, we know he's got four plays under his belt. So here we go. Three rushes for 14 yards already, so it looks like we're catching the last play right here. Couldn't see the first two. Let's see how he's looking out here. Here we go. Another read option. Keeps it, and bango, bango. Nice. Picks up the first down, about 10 yards in total. All right. Good read option. He saw the he made the right read right here. Defensive end collapses all the way down inside. Perfect. So you keep the ball. You take the outside. It's second and four. He picks up the first down. Obviously, we can't judge his speed just quite yet because we haven't seen him in the open field, but it's not bad. Would like to see him maybe have a couple of juke moves. He just kind of runs right into the defense, expecting to get hit, lowers his shoulder, and the defender just goes real low. I mean, he's 6'5", so you can chop him down you know, pretty solidly going at his legs. So definitely have to just see this man get a little bit more creative out there, a little bit more juke, a little bit more comfortable running, uh, running with the ball in open space. But he's making the right reads, and uh, now he's under center. This is still the man. Let's see this last play right here. What do we got? I don't know if this is still the same guy. Throw over the middle. We don't have any passing stats. Uh, yeah, he is number 15, so that wasn't that, man. But they brought him in for four plays, and he got it done. Uh, 24 yards total like we saw. So very, very interesting here. We'll definitely keep an eye on him. Um, hey, uh, maybe next year get to quarterback uh, tight end university and look absolutely fantastic. But Packers are going to bring that man in for a workout, Tommy Stevens, and... Him and Robert Tanyan, hey, you got Robert Tanyan, who's a nice little kind of solid, kind of traditional beefy tight end out there. Um, and then you got Tommy Stevens, maybe a little bit more elusive, a little bit more quicker tight end out there. Um, but we're, oh my, I'm loving that, folks. I'm loving it. Tommy Stevens, folks, watch out for that man. We'll definitely keep an eye on him. And that's going to be one of our narratives to look, look for when we're talking about uh, the Packers. Um, so let's keep moving out here and uh, still talking about the Packers here. And uh, this isn't great news. The Packers and star wide receiver Devontae Adams have broken off long-term extension talks. Now, what does that tell us? We know it's not about the money for really Devontae Adams. Yes, he wants to get paid, but it's more importantly what is going on with Aaron Rodgers. So the fact that they have completely broken off contract talks tells us that maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play this season or isn't going to be back next season because for Devontae Adams to get a big deal, a long-term deal here for the Packers, he needs 100% certainty that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy because if Aaron Rodgers isn't the quarterback, he, Devontae Adams is not staying in Green Bay. There's no reason for him to stay in Green Bay to develop Jordan Love that maybe is going to be a bust. 
Devontae Adams wants a ring now, now, and he's already got Derek Carr waiting in the wings. They have history together. We've talked about that, and it's looked great. We want to see it. We are actually cheering for him to go to the Raiders next season, but the fact that they just broken off long-term contract extension talks, this tells us that Aaron Rodgers is truly, potentially not going to be playing this year, folks, or definitely not playing next year. I would definitely say Aaron Rodgers will not play for the Packers next year, 100%. This year, I think it's still up in question. But next year, 100%, he will not be a Packer next year. I would, I would feel very confident in saying that. Next year, he's not. This year, still a little, little questionable. But, um, yeah, just be on the lookout for that, folks. No Devontae Adams next year for the Packers. No more contract talks. He's over it. He can't buy. He's not certain that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there next year. So he's going to be out there next year. Um, he's not going to go down with this Packer ship with Jordan Love at the helm. He's not going to do that. So, not great for the Packers here. Everything seems to be crumbling after they just went 13-3 and the last two seasons and just knocking on the door of the Super Bowl, just coming up just quite short. It seems like everybody wants to jump ship here, so not great. All righty, let's, um, let's get into this, folks. A little bit of controversy, you, you know, the controversy out here. The thing that you can't talk about. We got to talk about it a little bit because it's making a lot of noise on Twitter yesterday. The NFL just released new COVID-19 protocols and not everybody is happy, folks. And, uh, you know, rightfully so. And I just want to preface it by saying this. The biggest kind of, you know, pushback that you get on this. Well, you know, the NFL is a private business and, you know, private businesses can do whatever they want. Yes, you have freedom of speech by the Constitution. But, hey, these are private businesses. They can do whatever they want. And yes, I agree with that in principle. These are private businesses. They can run it however they want. They can, you know, have, you know, you know, you all have to wear button up shirts and speak proper. And, you know, you can't talk out of line. I get all that, folks. It is a private business. You've probably earned the right to run the business that way. You know, we all know you could have possibly been born into generational wealth and maybe you knew somebody that got you the spot and, you know, we, yeah, you, that could have happened as well. But we'll take it as, you know, you earned your right to run this business, you built this business yourself, and you have the right to run it however you want. I understand the principle behind that. But when you're talking about, you know, you know, organizations and companies that, you know, have these kind of, hey, there's no talking out. You're not allowed to have your own opinion out here. You have to follow it to a T. You, there's really kind of no freedom of speech here. You can't really talk out of line or we're going to let you go. But just that isn't American then. You know what I mean? And I know there's, you know, ex there's extremes to everything. You can't just, you know, go, you know, work for a company and be racist on Twitter because that's definitely going to hurt the image of the company. And I would, you know, that's fine for those companies to fire you for that. But, I mean, if you're just having an opinion about medical advice, I mean, you know, you're just having your opinion, your say out there. I don't uh, – that doesn't harm anybody. I don't think that you should be punished by that by your company because, once again, that's just un-American. We have the con uh, Constitution for a reason. We are the most free, open country in the world, folks. I mean, that is, you know, the American dream. We have country music celebrating America all the time for those principles. So the fact that, you know, these companies can – just be like yeah we don't we don't really have to follow that it's just like yeah you don't but you should be this is america this is why you know this is the greatest country on earth 
because we have this constitution. We have, hey, you could say whatever you want. As long as it's really not harming anybody, as long as, you know, you're not starting a riot or anything like that, which most of us, we aren't. We're just kind of like, hey, we have a little questions out here. We want to question it because we're trying to get the answers. We're trying to, you know, critically think and be like, all right, yes, you're telling us this one thing, but what about this fact? Because everybody's just skipping over this fact and not addressing this fact. And we have questions about this fact. So what is going on with that fact? Because if you're all not addressing this fact and overlooking this fact and saying this fact doesn't really mean anything or this fact, you, know, you, you don't have to worry about that. It's like, well, why? We're just trying. Everyone just wants to get better and learn and know the full extent. We want all the information. And when people kind of, you know, gatekeep information by saying you can't even talk about this. And if you do, you're fired. And if you do talk about it, you're off the team, you're off the job, anything like that. It's like, well, doesn't that just kind of give that fact that we all can't talk about a little bit more credence? I don't know if credence is the right, right word I'm looking for. It always pops in my head when I'm kind of discussing this. I'm like, I, I feel like, that's, what does credence mean? Let, I, I might as well just look it up. Uh, that's what we like to do on the show, uh, question our own narrative. So let's uh, look at the credence, def, credence definition. Um, like when I, when I think of the word credence, I'm like, you know, the credit, you know, the, the weight behind something. So here we go, credence. Uh, belief in or acceptance of something as true. Yeah, wasn't that uh, a small side table? Oh, no, I meant to as this definition. A small side table or shelf or niche in a church for holding elements of the you Eucharist before they are concert. Ah, geez, a uh, credence table. That's what I'm looking for, a credence table. Um, belief in or acceptance of something as true. Yeah, that would just kind of, you know, if we can't talk about this and you say, hey, if you talk about this one fact right here, you're off, you can't talk about that, but why? That, once again, in, it increases the credence behind that, the weight to put that that is actually true if we all can't talk about it. So why is everything getting censored all of a sudden? Why are we having censorship? I don't believe in any censorship. You should be able to say whatever you want. If it's so outrageous, if it's so blatantly, blatantly offensive, then we can all just ignore it and it would go away. But if you bring attention to it, you can cancel it. I mean, everybody loves to say, you know, oh, cancel this business because they support. We the, going back to like the the cake. Um, this was big news. The uh, the bakery that refused to make a gay cake for a gay couple. It's like. Once again, it's a private business, so once again, they can do whatever they want, but it's a little un-American, and if it's truly that absurd, then you can just cancel them and not give them your business and let them fail. That is a possibility. That is just kind of the essence of how everything should work in theory. Once again, in theory, you know, businesses should be able to, you know, just be like, hey, you know, these are our rules. You can't really talk out of turn. We don't really want you voicing your opinion online or anywhere, or we're going to have you fired. Like, yeah, in theory, that it sounds good, but in real practice in America, it doesn't, I don't really love it. So that's all we're just saying right off the rip, folks. I mean, any censorship is bad censorship because it's just a slippery slope. I mean, they took the president off of Twitter, folks. This is the president. 
the ruler of our country. You may not agree. I don't agree with everything he said, everything he does, obviously. But if you censor the president, I mean, now you can literally have any right to censor anybody else that you want on Twitter, on Facebook, on social media, just in general. I haven't heard from Trump in, like, ever, folks. I mean, I, I don't even know what this man is doing now. They have completely erased this man from any sort of voice, which is never great. Was he right about some things? I'm sure he was right about a couple of things. Everything? No. Uh, no, not, not even close. But it, it just doesn't make sense to censor, censor anybody because if you're censoring somebody... Why? Is it because they're telling you the truth? They're actually saying something that is kind of truthful that you don't want to be said? It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? That's all I want to know. What the hell are we doing out here, folks? Jeez. So let's tie it back, back into here. Here we go. The NFL released uh, new COVID-19 protocols, and let's just read the official memo, memo so we get the official wording, so we get the official information out here. So here we go. Subject line, 2021 COVID-related operating principles from Roger Goodell. Oh, boy. What does he got to say? So here we go. This will summarize key operating principles relating to addressing the continuing COVID-19 threat for the 2021 season. We will review these principles in related matters on the 32 Club call this evening. These principles are based on last season's experience and follow discussions that we have had with a number of league committees, med medical experts, outside advisors, and many of you. As we learned last year, we can play a full season if we maintain a firm commitment to adhering to our health and safety protocols and to making needed adjustments in response to changing conditions. These operating principles are designed to allow us to play a full season in a safe and responsible way and address possible competitive or financial issues fairly. While there is no question that health conditions have improved from last year, we cannot be complacent or simply assume that we will be able to play without interruption, either due to COVID outbreaks among our clubs or outbreaks that, outbreaks that occur within the larger community. These principles are intended to help inform decisions, recognizing that, as in 2020, we will need to remain flexible and adapt to possibly changing conditions. Here we go. Medical principles. Bullet points here. Here we go. The first one. We will maintain our focus on health and safety with the well-being of everyone associated with our game remaining our highest priority. Bullet point number two. Nearly all clubs have vaccinated 100% of their tier one and tier two staffs. Clubs have put appropriate protocols in place for the relatively few staff who have not been vaccinated consistent with the guide with the guidance given last April as of today more than 75% of players are in the process of being vaccinated and more than half the clubs have vaccination rates greater than 80% of their players and once again you know when we're talking about you know tier 1 status that's you know being around the players on the field and then you know uh you know tier two is like you know you can be in the booth but you can't be on the field you can't be near players so once again kind of forcing the coaching staff to do that they weren't mandating players to get vaccinated but they were kind of mandating personnel coaching staff because they said hey if you're not going to get vaccinated you're going to lose your tier one tier two status and you're not going to be able to be near the players and you're going to have to be in the booth not on the field so it's like how can we coach from up there it's a little tough bullet point number three we know the vaccines 
vaccines are safe and effective and are the best step anyone can take to be safe from the coronavirus. The vaccines continue to provide strong immunity against variants of the coronavirus, including the Delta variant. Even with the recent increase, new cases remain far below the peak levels of earlier this year. Both the CDC and major hospital systems throughout the country have reported that 97% or more of the new cases in virtually all hospitalizations are seen in unvaccinated individuals. Interesting. Interesting there. While there have been, quote, breakthrough infection cases where a vaccinated individual has been infected, those cases tend to be mild and people recover from the infection relatively quickly. And that is true. I mean, the 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 vaccine does definitely help with the symptoms of COVID. And that's what the vaccine was meant to do. I don't think I don't think I mean, once again, this is just what I've been seeing. The facts that I have been seeing with the information, let me say the information that I've been seeing, because I honestly don't even know what's real and what's real or fake anymore. I don't know. But the information that I have been seeing and once again, I'm just a guy. I'm just a person. I am not medical expert. I am not medical advice. I am just saying all the information that I have seen. It was never the intention of the vaccine to stop transmission of the virus that's something that i thought the vaccine was never supposed to do they they weren't even thinking about that when they were making the vaccine was that they really couldn't just stop transmission they can stop the the symptoms and that was what was killing everybody um from covid was the symptoms of it so it lessened the symptoms so the fact that you know everyone's like surprised or you know they actually quoted these as breakthrough infections of vaccinated people getting back uh, getting catching covid it was like well yeah that's that's kind of, you know, what the vaccine was intended to kind of do. It wasn't stopping you from getting COVID. It was just lessening your symptoms so you didn't have to go to the hospital and you can very much recover on your own. Once again, we all went into lockdown because we wanted to slow the spread to not overwhelm the hospitals. That was that was the point of the lockdowns, folks. So the fact that they're calling these, quote, breakthrough infections of vaccinated people catching COVID, I mean, that's what it was. We know this is what's going to be happening. So, you know, once again, just kind of making it, you know, all bad on unvaccinated people. I just don't agree with that logic of thinking, that line of logical thinking. I don't agree with that. But let's continue here with the article or the memo. Uh, quote, uh, another bullet here. If a vaccinated person tests positive and is asymptomatic, he or she will be isolated and contact tracing will promptly occur. The positive individual will be permitted to return to duty after two negative tests at at least 24 hours apart and will thereafter be tested every two weeks or as directed by medical staffs. Vaccinated individuals will not be subject to quarantine as a result of close contact with an infected person. Bullet point, uh, the next one. If an unvaccinated person tests positive, the protocols from 2020 will remain in effect. The person will be isolated for a period of 10 days and will then be permitted to return to duty if 
asymptomatic. Unvaccinated individuals will continue to be subject to a five-day quarantine period if they have close contact with an infected individual. Now, this is where all the kind of fuss is being made with NFL players, and we're going to hear from DeAndre Hopkins in a second. But it's like, why are we making this big difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated if the if the vaccine only is supposed to lessen your symptoms then why are we kind of villainizing the unvaccinated if the vaccine doesn't slow the spread then vaccinated and unvaccinated people can still spread the virus. And that was kind of, once again, going back to the lockdowns of last year, that was the point of the lockdown. We didn't know if you were asymptomatic. We didn't know if you were not showing symptoms, but you could still spread it. And I think that's been debunked. I think, once again, I don't know what is fact, what is fake anymore, just because everybody is having their facts. Like I'm hearing from doctors this way and this way, and they're both doctors. It's like, uh, they're both doctors. Uh, you're, you're always supposed to listen to doctors. I'm listening to some doctors, a good majority of doctors. And we're getting a little conflicting information, which just makes it annoying because now We've got two sides of the fence, and it's like, oh, you better pick your pick your team, and you're going to be villainized one way or the other, and it's uh, real annoying out here that we can't have just a discussion. Why has there been no debate? Why have all these doctors have all these different points of views and all these different conclusions and all these different ways to treat the COVID-19, but we don't have a big debate? Wouldn't you think that would be like the best way to determine who's actually true pointing out hey all right yeah this is where you're getting your information from well let me tell you why this is why we shouldn't be you know looking at this information truly closely or on the flip side hey this is why we're looking at this information closely you should probably look at it closely like this because this fact backs it up and this is what the study actually did so why are we not getting that Why are we not having discussions? <laughs> I mean, what the heck? Why do I have to go to Joe Rogan's podcast to have actual th meaningful, thoughtful discussions? Because I heard two doctors on that show say, hey, if you use, I, I don't even know if I want to say the medication because um, YouTube, <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get struck on this one as well. I've already probably said something wild, which I don't think I did. But uh, once again, what did I say at the start of this? Can't have a discussion. But, uh, you know, the people on Joe Rogan's podcast who are medical professionals and had an open dialogue and discussion said, hey, if you take this medication, and it's not hydroxychloroquine, it is not, it is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the I, the IV, Iverb, I don't want to say it. I don't know what they got. Uh, but that medication, they said, Hey, hundred <laughs> percent, if you take that medica medication on the first sign, the first sign that you have COVID, you will 100% recover 100%. They were saying they have studies, they have, you know, the medical studies, the double blind placebo and at a hundred percent, if you took that medication at the first sign of COVID, you were fine 100%. If you obviously the earlier you took it, the better it worked and even you know if you took it late, it was still very very high percentage like high 80s, high low 90% that you would be fine if you took that medication. So it's like what are we doing? Can we just have this discussion? An open discussion. Can we talk about this because nobody's even talking about this treatment option. Everyone wants to rush to a vaccine. Why is that? Just ask why, 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 why? That's why, that's all I want to know. Why, 
Why? Because when everybody gets on the same page just like that, makes me a little worried. Let's continue here. All right. Um, all right. Next bullet. Uh, here we go. Persons who had pre had a previous COVID infection will be considered fully vaccinated 14 days after they had at least one dose of an approved vaccine. What? 14 days after they had at least one dose? That's interesting. A previous COVID infection. So that's another thing. You know, once you had COVID, isn't it kind of like, you know, once you have the flu? Or, no, once you have, you know, like a – not the flu because that changes every year. Um, well, I guess all these variants, the COVID is changing. But, you know, once you have, you know, an infection, a disease, you don't get that again because you have the antibodies to fight it. So, you know, if you have the antibodies of COVID, why are we still, you know, rushing everybody to get the vaccine? You know what I mean? Just want to know. Once again, we don't know because nobody is having open conversations. And, you know um, – Dr. Fauci just had a hearing the other day, man, it kind of seemed like he was lying a little bit. Rand Paul calling him out. From what I heard, it kind of seemed like Fauci was lying a little bit about the gain of function. But that's just what I'm hearing, folks, what I'm seeing, the information that I'm hearing, that I'm seeing. I'm seeing all the information. I'm taking it all in, folks. I'm sponging it up. I'm seeing everything. What everybody is ever saying, I'm seeing, all right, I see this, I see this. I'm weighing these. All right, I'm putting more credits into this and then to that. And this is my conclusion that I come up with. Just what the hell is going on here? So, once again, we're not medical advice. We are not medical doctors. I am a guy that talks about sports, folks. <laughs> Please. I'm just saying, like, let's have a dialogue. Let's have a discussion. Let's think about this logically. Can we just go step by step logically throughout the entire thing? I've been doing this for the entire two years that we've been under COVID. It's like, I'm just trying to follow the most logical line of thinking out here, folks. Back to the back to the bullet points here. Next one. We will remain in close contact with medical and public health authorities at all levels of government, as well as with our own medical advisors and the NFLPA, and will communicate. This is blacked out, so I don't know what that's about, but that's blacked out. We will communicate any blank, 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 blank promptly. <laughs> so I don't know why they mark that off, but uh, that's interesting. All right, competitive principles. Here we go. Bullet point number one of competitive principles. The league will make every responsible effort consistent with underlying health and safety protocols to complete the full 272-game regular season within the current 18 weeks and all postseason games as scheduled in a safe and responsible way. This is grounded in a commitment to players, coaches, fans, and business partners. We do not anticipate adding a 19th week to accommodate games that cannot be rescheduled within the current 18 weeks of the regular season. Bullet point number two. Every club is obligated under the Constitution and bylaws to have its team ready to play at the scheduled time and place. A failure to do so is deemed conduct, detriment, conduct detrimental. There is no right to postpone a game. Postponements will only occur if required by government authorities, medical ex experts, or the commissioner's di discretion. Next boiling point. 
in light of the substantial roster flexibility in place for the 2021 season, absent medical considerations or government directives, games will not be postponed or rescheduled simply to avoid roster issues caused by injury or illness affecting multiple multiple players even within a position group. Next bullet. If a game is canceled or postponed because a club cannot play due to a COVID spike among or resulting from its non-vaccinated players or staff, then the burden of cancellation or delay will fall on the club experiencing the COVID infection. We will seek to minimize the burden on the opposing club or clubs. If a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. This is kind of the big one here that a lot of people are getting, you know, a little upset with. You know, they're putting all the blame on unvaccinated players, but the vaccinated players can still catch it. So why are, once again, why are we kind of, we're, we're, we're getting close to the point of truly segregation on vaccinated and unvaccinated people, but it doesn't make any sense because y'all can, both parties can spread and contract the COVID-19. We've seen it. Maybe, I don't know if there's truly information about vaccinated people spreading COVID, but vaccinated people can still get COVID. I believe, I believe, I think, let me say I think, um, I think they can still spread it. I'm not 100% certain on that. Like I said, I'm just speaking of what I have been seeing. And I don't know if there's been any confirmed cases of vaccinated spreading to other vaccinated. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, so we're vilifying unvaccinated people and there's a lot of people on Twitter and social media and it's just kind of, this is just truly disheartening when I see this, everyone's like, you know, doing your own research is actually bad for you and coming up to your own conclusions is actually bad in this case. I'm like, no, it's really not. And I know we're talking about, you know, health and safety of the entire population. And I get that, folks. It's bigger than one person. It's bigger than just one community, one organization, one anything. I get all that. But at the end of the day, when you say, hey, you can't do your own research on this topic, it's once again, it's like, why are we censoring? You should be critically thinking on everything, everything that has ever happened to you in your entire life. You should be critically thinking, especially when it comes to government and all that. It's like, there's been some instances where the government hasn't been entirely truthful. So it's like, yeah, we're going to take everything with the big grain of salt here and critically think this entire thing out. And everything just seems to be real weird the last two years. So I, I, I just don't know, folks. Um, let's uh, continue it out here. We got a couple more bullets to go over. Here we go. Next bullet up. Whether to reschedule or... A postponed game will be dependent on health and safety reasons at the recommendation of medical experts, as well as considerations of stadium availability, schedule integrity, fan convenience, and other appropriate matters. Uh, Another bullet. If a game cannot be rescheduled within current 18-week schedule and is canceled due to a COVID outbreak among non-vaccinated players on one of the competing teams, the club with the outbreak 
will forfeit the contest and will be deemed to have played 16 games for purposes of draft, waiver priority, etc. So once again, if they're on the unva- if they're unvaccinated and they cause all this, they're getting penalized. For the purpose of playoff seeding, the forfeiting team will be credited with a loss and other team will be credited with a win. Financial principles. Uh, uh, yeah, let's quickly go through these. Um, bullet one. If a game is rescheduled due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players on one of the competing teams, the club experiencing the outbreak will be re- responsible for all additional expenses incurred by the opposing team and will also be required to pay any shortfall between actual and expected payment for the VTS pool. So once again, penalizing the unvaccinated, making it an incentive to get vaccinated. Yes, it's not mandatory, but the burden's going to fall on y'all. And then that's going to go from the owners because the owners are like, hey, we're not paying this money. And that just gets trickled down to the players. Once again, not forcing, but making it, making incentives and decentives each way, which Once again, it's the NFL. They can do whatever they want. They're a private business. But once again, it's like, is this truly American at this one point? You know what I mean? That's what I'm just saying. It's like, yes, y'all can do whatever you want. It's your business. It's your league. Yes, you can do this. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, man, oh, man. It's like, it's not American, folks. It's not the Constitution. It's not. Ah. I just don't like the loopholes that everyone's trying to navigate. I, I just don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. I personally takes by fans. I don't agree. <laughs> Back to a bullet. Uh, if a game cannot be rescheduled within the current 18 week schedule and is canceled due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players on one of the competing teams, that club will forfeit the contest and will be responsible for the lost payment of the, to the VTS pool. So once again, we're not going to, I kind of want to keep going here, Uh, but it's just basically, hey, if you're unvaccinated and you cause the COVID, you're responsible for everything. If you're vaccinated and you cause COVID, well, eh, unfortunate, you don't have to pay. We'll, We'll work best with you than the unvaccinated. That's basically what the memo was saying. And then we had people sound off. DeAndre Hopkins, he was not, um, not happy about it. Uh, Let's kind of get into this article really quickly. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league. So here we go. The NFL's new policy. The NFL's new policy caused ripples throughout the league with players reacting to the news on social media and at training camps. Hopkins now deleted tweet read, quote, never thought I would say this, but being in a position to hurt, hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. So not everybody's 100% behind this. There are, you know, we heard Cole Beasley speak out against this. He's not all about this. So it's just like, you know, these people are having rational thought out here and want to get the, because we don't even know where it came from folks. And it's not, you couldn't even talk about that. You couldn't even talk about that. It leaked from a lab in China from the Wuhan virology lab um, in the beginning of it. But now a year later, it's like, yeah, that's a possibility. (laughs) Yeah. That, yeah. In hindsight, that, that was a possibility. We're not going to investigate it that much, but yeah, that's, yeah, it could have came from there. But, you know, a year ago, it's like, hey, no, 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 it didn't. It never came from there. If you thought that, you are, I don't even know what you're a conspiracy theorist if you ever think it could even come from there. It 100% did not come from there. 
a year later, yeah, it may be. May, yeah, yeah, it could have. <laughs> Most likely, probably did. But it's like, uh, it's like we got that a year later. What's next year? You know what I mean? So everyone just get off your high horse. That's all I'm going to say there. Get off your high horse. Get off your vir- virtue signaling high horse. I'm seeing some of, some of the sports people that I, I only really look up to one sports person. And I, I'm even seeing him kind of, you know, be like uh, virtue signaling a lot. And it's like, uh, I don't even like I, I don't even care if y'all listen to my opinions or not, folks. I'm not even saying my opinions and my thoughts are the end all be all. They're not. Question everything. Look up everything. Look up everything. Literally. Everything that I'm saying on my stats of what I hold kind of true and what I hold as, you know, what I hold in higher regards than other things. Question that. Go look up that, folks. I mean, look and question everything. Literally everything. Um, so, uh, so DeAndre Hopkins tweeted that and then he, uh, later tweeted, uh, quote, by the way, I got about nine years in me. Y'all have a good day. So, you know, he, he's not, he's going to be playing. We know this, but you know, he's just having a thought and you can't even have a thought. You can't even, you know, question. And that's what we're meant. That's what we we're taught to do in school. That's what at least I was taught critical, th- critical thinking. That was like what we learned in like second grade, critical thinking. Thinking, getting all the information, seeing the sources, weighing it, weighing every single piece of information on a on, on a scale of like let's just say 100. All right, I weigh this like 80% truth. I weigh this maybe 20. Maybe I don't put that much stake into it, but this 100. I mean, oh man, this is this. I put 100% stake in this. What I'm seeing, and then I go back and reevaluate. You know, the 80 out of the 100. Now that I had this 100 out of 100, well, probably not even 100 out of 100 because I'm not giving you know 100% faith into anything. Most probably 99%. But then you go and just re- reevaluate, and you're constantly reevaluating everything that you're seeing, and it's just like you can't even do that here. And that's all I want to do. I just want to critically evaluate everything that I'm, I've been seeing. So DeAndre Hopkins didn't like it. Uh, Jalen Ramsey spoke out. He said, uh, I know two people right now who got the vaccine but are COVID positive. We've been hearing stories. I mean, the Democrats, they were on a plane or something, and then they all caught COVID, and they were all vaccinated. So it's like, once again, it's like we're getting Vaccinated people are catching the COVID. Um, so Jalen Ramsey, I know two people right now who got the vaccine but are COVID positive. I'm just saying I wouldn't look at a teammate as bad if he didn't get the vax. No pressure from number five, his New Jersey number. So it's like, once again, we're villainizing people. For not, like everyone on Twitter, it's like if you don't have the vaccine on Twitter, you are the devil. You should be put to death. You should be sentenced to death. So I'm just not the biggest fan of that thinking. All right. And then uh, COVID-19 just hit the NFL also. Um, and this one's bad. This one's real bad. I hate this one. Giants wide receiver Kadarius Tony, who we are absolutely big, big, big on. He is our number four wide receiver on our big board. Uh, Devontae Smith, one. Jamar Chase, number two. Jalen Waddle, number three. And we had Kadarius Tony, number four, above Rashad Bateman and above Elijah Moore. So we are big, big, big fans of Kadarius Tony for this Giants team. And he, he ended up going on the COVID-19 list today yesterday uh because of a positive positive test so hopefully that doesn't happen uh really want to see what he can do his rookie year and i'm buying big into that man all right and then the the last thing to go over quickly here 
is the 2021 NFL record projections. This one's by USA Today. And I kind of just want to bring this up because we just started kind of doing our team refreshers yesterday. We're not going to be able to get to one today on the show because we just went way, way, way late today on the stories. Some good stuff to talk about, uh, but we went way late today. Um, but um, the the Broncos, the USA Today predicted the Broncos going 8-9, and nine, and we had them way higher than that, folks. We had them at 10-6 and six and 11-5. and five. Um, nope, we had them at 10 and 7 and 11 and 1. Or, hang on, geez. Let me get it actually up. Uh, the 17 game season, folks, it's going to be a little, little, uh, little, little extra to get used to. Uh, here we go. We had them at 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. So we are kind of predicting this Broncos team to have a little bit better season than what kind of a, 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 a media narrative is trying to have at 8 and 9 for the USA Today Sports. So just kind of wanted to kind of shore up our Broncos talk. Uh, because there are two two things. One thing I do kind of want to talk about that we forgot or didn't have time to talk about yesterday when we were going over the Broncos. So we had the Broncos going ten and seven or eleven and six. We gave them kind of you know an extra game there. I think they deserve it. Uh, just kind of one extra game buffer. We'll kind of give them that credit a little bit. Love their team. Um, they also have, um, when we were going over their roster yesterday, we forgot to talk about, they have Noah Fant, who was part of Tight End University. So that's kind of basically why we gave them an extra uh, win uh, for 11-6 and six next season, this season coming up. Uh, big fans of the tight ends. We are going big on tight ends this season, folks. I cannot wait till we have this new set, folks. You know we have to incorporate tight end university in some way. No, come on. That's one of our big narratives this season. So cannot wait for that to come in. So they got uh, Noah Fant, an absolutely great tight end. We can go over his stats really quickly. Let me get him up. I want to say he's had like 500 yards at least. Um, hopefully that, that many. Uh, but here we go. Noah Fant, last season. 673 yards, and that's fantastic. And like we said, just Drew Locke wasn't the best passer. 57% completion percentage, folks. I mean, that is absolutely abysmal. It's trash. I can't get behind that. That is not winning football. I'm sorry. Um, I'll take 69%. Give me that. So expect Noah Fant to have a little bit of a better season. 6-4 tight end, learning from the best of the best at tight end university this season. Absolutely love it. And the last thing I kind of want to quickly touch on about this Broncos team is... Jerry Judy. We kind of skimmed by him, and I wanted to kind of spend a decent solid time on him. We brought up a five-minute highlight clip from Jerry Judy, and I kind of just want to talk about this, talk it through, and see what this man is doing because his rookie year was absolutely fantastic. And when we looked at Drew Locke last season, it was really lackluster on what he did. So, you know, we can expect... Uh, Jerry Judy to be even a little bit better whether it's Drew Locke still out there but you know the competition of Teddy B stepping him up an entire offseason in person stepping up his own game a little bit helps out Jerry Judy or it's Teddy Bridgewater that just had 69% completion percentage basically giving three receivers a thousand yards uh, each last season for the Panthers so you know we can expect Jerry Judy to be better if Teddy Bridgewater was back there as well so let's see what Teddy Brid or Jerry Judy sorry let's see what Jerry Judy was doing last season in this highlight tape and just let's marvel and see what we can expect from him and maybe maybe we'll bump him up one more win maybe we can give him 11 and 6 or 12 and 5 could you imagine so let's see what jerry judy's looking like out here and let's see and let's keep an eye on how drew lock is giving him the ball is jerry judy having to reach like Allen robinson was with mitch trubisky the ball wasn't exactly where it needed to be so let's see what we get here in this nice little five minute highlight tape of jerry judas here we go over the middle, nice little comeback route. That's right on the money. Bingo, bango. Here we go. 
against the Titans again, right in this, uh, just over the middle of the field, and that change of direction, very, very well done, you got to respect the speed and the quick cutting ability, this man can go in and out, just jump, uh, plant that right foot, cut right back inside, and take it for an extra six or seven yards, all right, here we go, shakes off one tackle right there, one hit, <laughs> and he's able to take it for another kind of eight yards after that contact, you'd love to see it, here we go, oh, wow, wow, we get a replay of this one, Damn, Drew Locke put this man in harm's way, but he went and had a tough catch over the middle. Gosh, dang, I got to put this playback speed very. We got to put this one in the slow-mo. Here we go. Right over the middle of the field. You got a defender closing in. He puts it way too much out in front. Jerry Judy has to make a real tough catch, getting absolutely blasted as soon as he touch the ball but he comes down with it and I think he pops right back up so credit there but uh yeah Drew Locke putting that man in harm's way you hate to say that I hate to see that but he came up with a big catch you love to see that <laughs> all right here we go over the middle of the field big spacing there and he's good for about 15 20 yards Drew Locke going deep this time yes sir 50 50 ball and Jerry Judy this one's underthrown. and Jerry Judy comes all the way back to this ball and catches it over the corner and then is able to stay on his feet say get big my man and he goes for the extra three yards for the touchdown so Jerry Judy you give this man accurate deep balls we can watch this one again we get it to slow-mo Let's just watch how underthrown this one was. I mean, the defender, he was literally throwing this one to the defender. It's just Jerry Judy is big, strong, and he goes over the top. Look, that's a bad thrown ball right there. That's a very, very bad thrown ball that Jerry Judy, once again, makes the quarterback look better. Drew Locke didn't have great stats last season, but for them to be even... Uh, they weren't even good, but Jerry, I mean, they would have been so much worse if it wasn't for Jerry Judy, folks. So that's why we don't buy Drew Locke, folks. We truly command, or we truly do get behind Teddy Bridgewater out there. All right, here we go over a nice little slant. That's a tough ball to fit it in there, but he did, and Jerry Judy went and got it. Fantastic. All right, here we go. Going a little bit deeper right there. Bingo, bango. Hit him right in the spot in that speed. Very, very solid. It's not breakaway speed. It's not take the top off the defense speed, but it's still real top great speed out here. Drew Locke sprinting out to his right, throwing on the run, and bingo, bango. Puts it right on him, and Jerry Judy's just wide open, folks. It is tough to cover this man. This man's like always, you know, solid three, four yards wide open. Here we go, bingo, bango, the corner playing way too off of him, and then he just takes it, nice little kind of comeback route, defender's like three yards off of him, and then you're not going to be able to catch up to him for five yards once he catches the ball, so that's just an easy touchdown for Judy right there, love seeing that. Against the Falcons again, Drew Locke going deep to Jerry Judy, this time puts it right on the money, bingo, bango, Jerry Judy gets behind the defender, a clean step on the corner, and uh, Drew Locke puts it right on the money, not underthrowing it, and that's right down into the red zone for the Broncos, love seeing it. Here we go against the Raiders, play action pass. Boom, whoa, great pass here, and Jerry Judy, full extension, look at that, I mean, that's exactly where the ball had to be, that's a fantastic ball by Drew Locke, and a great catch there by Jerry Judy, just kind of in the middle of a tight zone right here, four defenders around him, I mean, this is that's spectacular, folks, <laughs> oh my god, that throw and catch are absolutely perfection right there, damn, 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 fantastic, what else do we get? Drew Locke against the Raiders again. Boom. 
20 yards down the field. Jerry Judy's wide open against the Dolphins. What can he do here against this great defense? Fantastic defense. Boom. Perfect kind of post route right there. Fantastic. Here we go. Drew Locke. Boom. Against the Panthers. Wide open. Against the Bills. Here we go. Getting blown out 21-7. Here we go. Boom. Jerry Judy open. Catches the ball. Defender kind of draped over him at the last second. He's still able to hold on. Against the Chargers here. What do we got? Over the middle of the field. The man just beats his defender. Catches it for about 15. Against the Chargers again. Boom. Slant over the middle. I mean, man, oh, man. This man is just sacrificing his body, knowing he's got to be over the middle. And he's able to get that great separation to have some clean catches. Can't really take the yards after the contact or yards after the catch a lot. Um, but, um, hey, I mean, you're running over the middle of the, of the defense. I mean, that's where all the, the meat is. Drew Locke standing tall from his own end zone. Jerry Judy gets behind the linebackers. And can he take it all the way? Oh, 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 wow, 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 whoa. The speed was fantastic right there. Dang, dang, dang. Maybe he does have to take the top off the speed defense because he hits the 50 and it's one man to beat. And he goes and beats that man. Fantastic speed right there. Drew Locke getting pumped. Yes, sir. So Jerry Judy's looking real great out there. Expect for a year two step. And with a better quarterback, more experienced quarterback, whether that's, you know, Drew Locke getting, like we said, more kind of reps under his belt in the competition uh, pushing him, or Teddy Bridgewater that uh, is a wide receiver's best friend. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Couldn't get to a team today, unfortunate. We will do one tomorrow. And like we said, you know, or well, like we say, um, the weekends, not a lot of stories, so we can kind of, you know, fit a solid team in there uh, for Saturday and Sunday. So looking forward to that. Uh, so that's what we have tomorrow on the show, just kind of doing our refresher. We'll see what team the wheel lands on and uh, do that live and uh, see what we get and see what we can expect from the teams this season. All right, so it doesn't seem like anything is breaking, so that's where we will end it for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. I better see you tomorrow. You understand me? Oh, and the Dolphins just signed linebacker Shaquem Griffin. Interesting. Solid pickup right there. I believe that's the one-hand man. Um, solid. We'll see if we can keep uh, our corner, Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard. Um, all righty. We're out of here, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. We better see you tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. You will see us tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow. 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 All right, folks.